This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to, to those that are in the space. Um, welcome to those that are listening on audio platforms. Afterwards, this is the Liverpool.com podcast. I'm your host, David Comerford, and I'm joined by Matt Addison um, for this episode. And what we're going to talk about today is how Trent Alexander-Arnold's new role within the Liverpool team is affecting the players around him. And we've spoken a lot about Trent individually and how his performances have improved in his new role for Liverpool. But today we want to look at how it's changed the dynamics within the Liverpool team itself and what it means certain Liverpool players going forward. So we've got three players in mind that we want to discuss. And the first of those is Andy Robertson. Um, and I'm going to throw some stats at you, Matt, um, about how Robertson's role has changed um, in the time since um, Trent moved into midfield, um, certainly in Liverpool's build-up play. So his touches in the attacking third, his average for the season is 25.1 per game. The last three games has been 17, 20, and then 51 against Forest. A bit of an outlier potentially there. Middle third, um, 32.4 touches per game um, over the season. It was 24 against Arsenal, but flies up to 56 and 63 in the last couple of games. Defensive third, 24.2 for the season, um, which he's about on that against Arsenal, but then he goes to 40 against Leeds and 16 against Forest. So it looks like less touches in the attacking third and potentially more in deeper areas. And then here's an intriguing one as well. Um, live ball passes leading to a shot. So we, we're basically looking at chances that Robertson's created that aren't coming from set pieces. And that's basically halved since he moved into this uh, new role. So do you think that Robertson is going to have less attack and licence now? within this system. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think there's there's loads of, of players that you'd say are kind of winners within this system, of players that you'd look at and, and think are, are potentially completely transformed for certain games. But Robertson is, is an interesting one. You've, you've picked out some stats there and I think, you know, we have to, to caveat it with it's, it's it's such a small sample size. It's such a um, such a different in quality of opponent as well. I think each of the three games that we've seen this new look Liverpool in have, have been very different. Obviously, Arsenal was a big test and that gives me a lot of positivity in terms of what it could look like against some of the bigger teams. Again, a small sample size, literally one game, or not even one game really, was it? For, for the first half an hour, it wasn't great. Maybe 45, 60 minutes at a push. Then you move into to different matches where you know you, you would expect Andy Robertson, for example, to, to have a lot more touches in that sort of Leeds game, probably against Forest as well, where there's still a few little tweaks which we'll come on to in terms of, of the way that Liverpool set up. But he is one that I think, in short, his role will slightly change. But I don't think it necessarily is... For you know, for for the worse, I don't think it will necessarily be for for every single match. But I do think this system will give Andy Robertson less opportunities to go forwards. But that doesn't mean you know none. He's still got the ability to to sort of bomb up and down the the pitch if he gets the opportunity to do that in certain matches. I think if you're looking at you know a Nottingham Forest game, if Liverpool are a little bit better with set pieces, it's a little bit more comfortable for them. Maybe you can have you know Robertson bombing on a little bit more and, and still have trends in central areas, and maybe you can get that security in that way. 
obviously the way that the game sort of panned out, there's still you know certain things to, to work out and to, to get into to order in terms of the midfield in particular, one or two other positions as well. But I do think there were signs that, yes, this is a changed role for Robertson, but I don't think it's one that's necessarily unnatural for him. I think he's one of those players that, you know, if if he has to do a little bit less attacking, it's it's not the worst thing in the world because of the rest of the system getting more out of, of the other players. If if Andy Robertson is the only one that's kind of a, a loser within this to some extent, I, I don't think it's a bad thing for, for one thing, but also I don't think it's it's not a loser in the case of, you know, you, you completely changing the way that he goes about playing the game. I think he can still he can still get forward on occasion. I think he is certainly a more natural defensive player than Trent is. And if that is the, the best thing for the balance of the team, that you know that that that's fine by me. He's also, you know, he's he's getting to an age where you know he's he's maybe not going to be able to bomb up and down the pitch as much as as what he did. Maybe you know it, it could in some ways almost extend his career or extend his his usefulness. And obviously that's that's still some way off happening. Yet he's he's still you know late twenties. He's in the the peak of his powers. But it is it, it's a role that I think to me suits him a lot more than maybe some people might think. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting there, and, and, and you've covered plenty of bases. I think if we're talking about what Robertson's role is within this system, he's effectively forming one of a back three uh, when Liverpool have the have the ball. You know, it's a sort of three-two-five really with Trent and Fabinho in front of him, and then the midfielders and the attackers ahead. Um, so it, it's all about sort of picking your moments, I suppose, to to bomb forward. I remember the the moment against Leeds where he sort of surges up the flank and. Basically, he doesn't get the assist for the goal, but I think he crosses it into to Gakpo. Um, and then there's another touch to sort of onto Salah and then Salah scores. So that's what that's what it's about, really. And I was going to ask you whether you think, um, you know, how much you think the role suits him, whether you think it's a sacrifice Liverpool can sort of afford, given this is a player who's got double figures for assists this season. He's sort of sacrificing creative outlook, but you sort of covered those bases already. So just to touch on the thing you said at the end there, about um, sort of Robertson's longevity, I suppose, and how, how much you could preserve that. We've seen Liverpool players recently look like they've maybe, you know, that, that it's taken its toll, the, the amount of football they've played, the intensity of the football they've played. Maybe this could be exactly what Robertson needs if he's not being asked, because if there's any player who's sort of up and down throughout a game, it's Andy Robertson. Maybe in a way, if he's not being asked to to cover as much ground down that left flank, and he is a little bit more reserved, um, maybe you've you're onto something there about you know preserving, preserving him, preserving his legs because you know it has sort of crept up. But I think Robertson's um, just turned twenty nine now, so he, he is coming towards that sort of period where he'd be worried about a decline potentially. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly something that you know you can you can look at it in a couple of different ways. That's certainly one of the ways that that I would look at it. I think he's one of those players that has got. You know, an all-round skill set. He's certainly a lot more of a, a kind of natural fullback compared to, you know, or maybe not natural, but a, a traditional type fullback than than someone like Trent is. I don't think you're ever going to see Robertson do the the kind of Trent position, but I think this is a way in which you can kind of get the best of both worlds. And I think, it, you know, Andy Robertson primarily, you know, obviously is, is getting those assists and he, he's doing all of, of the other things. But I don't think Liverpool as a collective would necessarily miss those assists if you've got Trent in, in more dangerous positions. You've got hopefully a couple of midfielders who can add to that. You know, we have to 
you have to almost look at this system in a different way to maybe Liverpool a couple of years ago, you would say, well, the midfield is very functional. It doesn't necessarily create goals. It doesn't necessarily score goals. And that creativity comes from the fullbacks and, and that's fine. But I don't think you should measure the fullbacks in this new system in the same way. Obviously, the, the emphasis mm. then might have to be on you know, the other players, maybe if you know Mason Mount is someone that they could get for the summer, for example, or whoever else has, has been linked with it, you know, the, the sort of attacking number eight positions that you would look at within this system. It, it just changes the emphasis. I don't think it necessarily makes Robertson as a player generally any less effective. It just means that that effectiveness is, is coming in a different way. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly something that I'd be interested in and... You know, like I said before, I don't think it'll be for every game either. So it's it's not like this is the system now that Liverpool play every single game, no matter the opponent. I think it, it it's more a case of it gives them an extra thing to 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 be able to just throw teams a little bit. You know, we've we've seen the benefits at certain points of you know, there was you know games against Manchester City, for example, where they've gone with four forwards and it's kind of flummoxed them for a little bit. You know, if you can get to a position where you've got an extra system, an extra setup. It just gives an opposition an extra little thing to think about. And uh, yeah, for, for me, Robertson on paper is, is one of the losers of the switch. But I think there are, yeah. there are going to be advan- uh, advantages to, to take from it as well. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, definitely. And um, how many years have we had? It's said that Liverpool don't have enough variety, don't have enough flexibility within their system. Maybe they've got that now because Klopp said multiple times, you know, this doesn't have to be the system for every single game. It will maybe depend on, um, obviously, the success of Liverpool having with it, but also the, the nature of the opponent too. Um, you have to consider that, I suppose. And I think, you know, you look at the sort of situation with um, with Robertson and you wonder, like, what ramifications it might have maybe, you know, transfer-wise and... Um, one of the areas that you could potentially look at is do you get kind of a, you know, Liverpool maybe would be looking for a centre-back this summer. Do you get a centre-back who is also capable of, of playing um, within kind of within that system, maybe as a left-back to throw a name out there? You know, Vardio, um at Leipzig can play centre-back and left-back as well. But is that not a consideration for you? I mean, we, we mentioned that Robertson maybe not a natural fit for that kind of... Um, defending that left flank um, and maybe being a loser of the system, but would you still be happy if this is to be the role of Robertson for it to be him and him and Simakas who are the options in that kind of position? I think I'd be I'd be more sort of relaxed about it if it was Robertson. I think Simakas there's maybe you know more of, of a question mark over some of his defending at, at certain points. I think that's probably you know fair to say. I think you know Robertson is a more complete player. He's, he's he is a better fullback and a better left back for Liverpool, and there is a clear hierarchy there. But like I said before, I don't think this is something that Liverpool would do in every single match. If you knew, for example, that Costa Simakas was going to come in and, and rotate in for Robertson. Maybe you just go with with the sort of traditional flat back four and, and go from that sort of perspective. And and may, maybe Simicast doesn't play the more reserve role. Maybe he's one of those players that you'd use in in a slightly more traditional four three three system where you know the the fullbacks are, are staying out wide and, and doing that sort of thing. And and it doesn't become a back three with him. But maybe I'm being unfair on him. I, I don't know what what you think, Dave. Maybe you think he, he could play that role. I don't know. But um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that. You, you almost throw the baby out with the bathwater. It, it can just be 
game by game, if if Simicass is there, maybe you just set up in a slightly different way, and it goes back to that kind of thing that we've we've both said around the, the unpredictability and, and the different options. I, I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd be something that we'd see anyway from Liverpool week in week out. But I wouldn't say it was you know impossible for for Simicast to play that sort of position. I think in an ideal world, you would want maybe someone who is a more natural kind of defender as an option there. But again, you've got to think about Liverpool's sort of priorities this summer and, and whether that constitutes one of them. And maybe that's something you address further down the line if this is to be the way you play going forward. I mean, Trent's only 24. If he is going to, you know, we're talking about three games here, like you say, but if this is, if this is going to remain something that is a feature going forward, Liverpool maybe will have to kind of build around him because he's certainly a player good enough to do that. But let's move on to the second player we want to talk about today, how their role has changed. You mentioned Robertson being a loser. One player who's a winner, certainly in terms of having a bit more freedom, is potentially Jordan Henderson. Um, I mean, I looked into the stats um, on this after the Leeds game last week and and the transformation was incredible in terms of the amount of um, attacking contributions we're seeing from Henderson, you know. His expected assists have they've gone up by a factor of four, similar with his sort of key passes, passes into the box, you know, touches in the attack and third, and um, huge increases across the board, really. And you're definitely seeing more noticeably Henderson's almost looking like a right attacker midfielder at times with Henderson occupying the more defensive spaces behind and um, within that midfield. And um, I suppose the question on Henderson is how does it change the the criteria for Liverpool's summer transfer search. Um, you mentioned the name earlier, Mason Mount. I mean, he looks like he'd be absolutely perfect for, for that position within this new system, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's the one that, that it kind of makes even more sense. I think it made a lot of sense for Liverpool to look at him before that they'd done this switch, but it certainly, to me, it suddenly starts to, to add up a lot more and a few more names on that list as well. I think you can see someone like a Gravenberg maybe coming into this type of, of system. You can see... Maybe Mateus Nunes makes a little bit more sense. I think you know there's there's a couple of, of links of kind of more attacking, more kind of technical players that you kind of wondered was that the right thing for for Liverpool within the system and considering the problems that they've had at times this season. But I do think you know that that does make a little bit more sense now we've we've seen that. Now, does it change their transfer planning for the summer? Well, probably not. I think. You know, it, it would probably be the case that they have, um, you know, been able to to know that this was coming to a certain extent. Maybe this was was the plan all along, and that's why they'd identified these targets. So it's it's hard to say in in terms of, of whether it changed, but certainly to me from the outside, it seems to make a lot more sense. I think in terms of of who they go and get, a few of the the exciting names. I know you've you've listed there some of the numbers for for what Henderson can do, but you know he's he's not. He's not particularly a natural in that sort of position. If those are the sort of numbers that, that someone like Jordan Henderson can put up in that role, you know, Mason Mount, you'd have to expect, would be able to to add to those significantly. And I think, you know, that one, that one in particular, I think would excite me. I know it's it's not a name that not not everyone would be would be excited about, but I can just see him. I always thought he'd be perfect for a Jurgen Klopp team, but I think he'd be perfect for for this kind of new look system as well. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Henderson there. He's not really a natural attacker. I mean, we saw maybe in the early stages of his Liverpool career that he was given a bit more licence, maybe even going back to his time at Sunderland. But you look at someone like Mountain, he is very much more the kind of player you you can rely upon to get you goals, to get you assists in those advanced areas. You mentioned earlier that, that Robertson 
has is potentially a loser of the system and we might see his kind of assist output decrease. But could we now for the first time in a number of years, maybe sort of since, you know, I was on the stream with Ben this morning, Ben, ben suggested maybe since Steven Gerrard even, see a Liverpool midfielder kind of hitting sort of those big numbers for goals and assists, you know, Mount last season, for example. I think he got maybe 12 and 10, something like that in the Premier League, you know, reaching double figures in both departments. Is that what we could expect to see from a Liverpool midfielder in this new look um, Jürgen Klopp system? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? I mean, we know that they're not going to go after Jude Bellingham now, but again, he's one that would have been perfect for that. He's kind of all action, can do a little bit of everything, can get the assists and the goals and the creativity as well. And that side of his game has, has really come on recently. So, I don't know, it's, it's one of those where you, you can't really put a number on it. You can't say specifically, you know, if... Robertson's assists go from 10 to 5 then who's going to make up that number but certainly you know you can kind of see a, a, a way in which it would make a lot of sense I think for, for that sort of emphasis to shift obviously Trent would be able to you know be able to create a little bit more I think it's you know his assist numbers certainly have gone up I know there was that stat that was going around of he's assisted more in the last three games than he had in the previous 38 or whatever but I think with him it's it, you know his expected assist numbers this season have, have been good it's it's kind of been more a case of the players in front haven't necessarily finished the chances when he's created them you think of the assist that he got over the weekend I mean one of them was was a free kick that went into Jossa wasn't it that's not a positional thing. That was just, you know, a, a set piece that, that paid off and, and Forrest were terrible in that regard. So it, it's hard to kind of pick and choose where those numbers would, would kind of give and take, if you like. But yeah, I, I like the look of it, certainly. I can certainly see, you know, if, if Liverpool were to get Mason Mount, yeah, it, it would certainly make a lot of sense that you'd expect expect sort of 10 goals, 10 assists from, from him from that position. And, you know, just on the small sample size that we've seen so far, I think that's, you know, that's that's perfectly re- reasonable and, and realistic. Yeah, small sample size is a big thing for Trestle. We've only seen three games from Liverpool in this system. There's been a decent range in terms of opponents, I suppose, you know, obviously playing the, the best team in the Premier League this season um, in Arsenal and then a couple of other teams at the other end of the table. You're going to want to see it until the end of the season before you draw in firm conclusions. But... Certainly interested to see what the future shape of Liverpool could look like. And after all those years of saying Liverpool don't have enough goals from midfield, maybe now we're finally going to see kind of that um, almost prolific presence in the middle of the park. Um, the third player that we wanted to look at um, in terms of the ramifications of the new system is Mo Salah. Um, it's a bit more complex with him, I suppose, but there's some um, stats from Andy Jones um, of The Athletic who says that against leads against Arsenal, Salah posted his highest number of touches in league games all season. And both of those games were also in Salah's top five when it came to touches in the attacking third as well. So, how, how have you seen sort of Salah affected positively or otherwise by this system? Is it a case that he's getting more touches, he's able to, to drive at defenders with the ball in the way that um, he's loved to do in the past, but if he hasn't had the service to do this season. Yeah, I mean, again, small sample size is kind of the, the key phrase within all of this, isn't it? But it certainly does look good. I think, you know, we've seen, you know, particularly early on this season, we saw, you know, the, the way that Liverpool was setting up, it, it just didn't quite look right. I think there were certain times where he looked like he'd been told to, to stick wider and the, the link up with Darwin Nunez wasn't quite there. And there was a big gap between them for a period. And obviously Harvey Elliott, the, the, there's him to, to kind of fit into all of this. He's another one, incidentally, talking about the midfield before. I think this 
this system suits him a lot better. I think I'd be be really interested to see what he looked like in that kind of Jordan Henderson role. I think again it kind of adds up and, and makes a little bit of sense for him. But I just think with with salaries, he, he's been able to get a little bit more freedom almost on that that side i think it can become a little bit congested at times if you've got you know an elliot into to those sorts of positions you've maybe got you know a player like nunez earlier in the season who's maybe not the, the best through the middle in terms of his link up play and, and that sort of thing it probably helps that cody gapo has been in there and, and has been able to, to link things up and, and do that kind of Firmino role and obviously trent is in different positions as well so you know he's he's not kind of taking up space on that right hand side, and also he's got the ability to to sort of knock the ball out to him from from those positions, which hasn't always been the case. That that has traditionally for Liverpool. You think of you know the, the switches from Van Dijk to Salah to to set up attacks, or you know Fabinho has been able to to spread it. But I think you know, if you've got Trent in the centre, it just it opens up a lot more opportunities for Salah, and I think it, it kind of. For, for me, the, the two key things in all of this is that Trent looks a lot better and Salah looks a lot better and the numbers show that. And again, it's it's only you know a small number of games. Teams in, in two or three weeks, we might be looking at it and saying, well, you know, teams have, have got on to what Nottingham Forest did with the, the two number 10s going and sitting on Fabinho and, and Trent. Maybe a better team than Forest would be able to, to figure Liverpool out and exploit the gaps defensively. And, and suddenly we're talking about this in a completely different way. But... For the time being, it looks like Trent is, is at his best. It looks like Mohamed Salah is a lot better. If you can get the best out of those two players, you're kind of halfway there, I think. So, yeah, certainly for me, Salah just has loads more space and he can do the things that he's good at, which is you know dribbling, being able to, to get other players into to play and, and obviously get himself into to good positions to, to shoot and, and score. So, yeah, it's... It, it's good, isn't it? The, the the signs are certainly there. And I don't know if you've got kind of more specific numbers in, in terms of, of Salah, but just from the eye test, more than anything else, it certainly looks to be going in the right direction. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned there, like, Trent and Salah as the two key options. I mean, you've got really your best playmaker and your best goal scorer. And if your system is getting the best out of those two players, you're not really going to go far wrong, I suppose, on that one. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether that can sort of be sustained next season. I think you make a really good point too about the opposition reacting to it. Again, along the lines of what I said earlier about how Liverpool played the same system for so long and people started to make the case this season especially, but at times in the past too that it had gone stale and that other teams might have worked it out. Well, now you are asking new questions about how long does it take the best group of coaches in the world, which is what the Premier League has, how long does it take before they start to find ways to counteract that? And I think that's very interesting in terms of are Liverpool going to give themselves enough cover in defence, um, which is the question with this. If you have moments, I mean, we mentioned Salah here. If Trent is moving forward to overlap Mo Salah, which we've seen a couple of times, I think there was um, for Gakpo's goal against Leeds, we saw that. If that happens, are you then going to get into a position where you're essentially just leaving Fabinho Van Dijk and Canate back as, as only three players if Robertson moves forward too. So you have to sort of... The players need to develop the instincts for the system as well in terms of if he's pushing up, I need to stay back. And then when that understanding develops, I think Liverpool will become a lot more solid. I mean, generally speaking, especially against Leeds and Forest, they have been an open play. Obviously, Forest, the problem with set pieces. So some promising signs on that front, but definitely questions to be asked of them. Um, and you actually mentioned another player there, Matt, that we could talk about briefly um, in Harvey Elliott, someone who has basically been left out in the cold recently because 
you could argue that his defensive contribution within the system has been insufficient this season. Doesn't seem to have those instincts. But if you have that role where the midfielder will obviously be expected to work hard and press, but won't necessarily their defensive deficiencies won't be exposed as much. Is that something where the kind of attacking midfielders within the Liverpool system who haven't looked ideally suited at times, the likes of Elliot and also Fabio Cavallo, would that actually be the best hope that they have of thriving within this team? Yeah, 100%. Curtis Jones, I think, has, has proven that, hasn't he, in the early stages? It wasn't quite as, as good against Forrest. And he's played a lot of football off the back of hardly having played any football. And I think he maybe looked a little bit tired. But I think, for, for me... Again, this is purely from the outside and, and we don't get to see what goes on and we don't know what the longer-term plan is for, for Liverpool and what Jurgen Klopp and his, his staff are, are working towards. But it, it did seem a little bit confusing to me in terms of exactly where Harvey Elliott fitted in. Was he one of those that could play in that four-three-three? And he's obviously a completely different footballer to, to Jordan Henderson or to Genie Wijnaldum that we always go back to with that kind of traditional Liverpool midfield. And you know, Curtis Jones is is the same. Fabio Cavallo, like you mentioned, again hasn't had loads of minutes, wasn't on the bench. You know, is being linked with a move away. But you know, you, you kind of looked at it and thought there's there's got to be a plan for where these players fit in, and and that. That kind of feels to me like the, the the kind of way that you get the most out of these players. I, I've been saying for for years, basically since Curtis Jones broke through to, into the the senior team for Liverpool, that he's so much better when you let him go forward and and use those creative instincts. And his first thought can be to to dribble or to to pass or to to shoot or you know any of of the attacking kind of contributions from him are going to be significantly better than trying to get him to do a more defensively disciplined job and that's not to say that you can't work hard and, and you don't um, sort of work in, in terms of your pressing and, and your off the ball stuff but I just think it's it, it makes so much more sense to play those players a little bit further forward and if you can then use Trent as as the cover he can help out Fabinho it, it just goes back to that long list of players that you just look at and think it, it just works a lot better for, for all of them and it won't be the same for, for every game and if Mason Mounds and various other players who are being linked end up at Liverpool next season then you know, does Curtis Jones start every single week and, uh, and does he play every single minute? No, of course he doesn't. But I think you can kind of see that the, the plan at the moment certainly is, is advantageous for a number of players. Trent and Salah most primarily, but probably after that, you'd say, you know, a few of those younger midfielders that you weren't quite sure defensively in terms of whether they could fit into the system as it was. I think certainly it's a lot clearer to see where those minutes might come from now. Yeah, and you have to sort of plan for your future. I mean, we're seeing one generation of Liverpool midfielders age, another coming through. And maybe the system is better designed to to get the best out of them than than the previous one that we saw. And I'm just really interested to see. This is obviously something that Manchester City and Arsenal have done with their fullbacks, um, John Stones at Man City, Ben White at Arsenal, Dinchenko as well has done it too. Of course, do we now see? Liverpool, Liverpool's midfielders, or certainly the most advanced midfielder, almost emulating, maybe not in terms of return or performance levels, but you know, do Liverpool have their own Martin Odegaard now? Do they have their own Kevin De Bruyne and and all those other teams who kind of have used that maybe that midfielder tucking in, or that defender, sorry, tucking into midfield? How does that kind of affect the dynamics? I think it really is fascinating, and it's interesting to see Klopp maybe moving more towards the the systems that have been used by some of his managerial rivals. Um, but just one last question, Matt, on this before we go. And I suppose just a general one. It's obviously great to see Klopp experimenting, changing things up. And, well, 
great to see it, certainly in terms of the results that it's given Liverpool in terms of performances and points. But what sort of teeth and problems have you seen so far? What do you envisage going forward cropping up as an issue? Because with any system in football, as much as there are going to be certain players and certain ways that the team benefits, there's also going to be problems that arise. There is no perfect system. There's no perfect answer to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious one, I suppose, is if Trent is moving into those sort of midfield positions against a better team and maybe in a period where Liverpool are not quite so in control as we've seen so many times this season. They've kind of been a little bit chaotic off the ball and, and not quite been able to, to press and, and orchestrate that properly. I think you know the, there is a huge amount being asked of whoever plays on that right-sided centre-back position. Obviously, Ibrahim Konate is, is brilliant and I think is going to be a huge part of the future for Liverpool. But he has made a couple of errors and I don't know whether that's just sort of you know, a coincidence or, or maybe it's because it's, you know, a little bit extra is being asked of him. He's got so many things in his head and, you know, we've we've all been there at work or whatever where you've got, you know, loads of, of things happening and, and maybe there's one or two slips at, at that moment. But then, you know, potentially that's something that could be ironed out in the future. The worry, I suppose, would be if he's not there, if, if it was, say, Matip or, or Gomez at the moment, if Liverpool weren't to sign a, a defender in the summer who could play that position, I think maybe there'd be a little bit of a worry in terms of, of doing that with them there. Again, maybe that's being a little bit unfair on them, but I, I don't know. I, I certainly wouldn't be quite as, as comfortable with asking so much of, of Joe Gomez compared to, to Conate, for example. But we'd have to, to kind of see how, how that worked out. The other thing really is, is not really a system thing, but there's a little bit of a, a thing in my head of quite where Darwin Nunez fits in. He's obviously, you know, there is obviously a plan for him. They wouldn't have spent so much money on him without having a clearer idea of what it is. But I think he's the, the one out of the forwards where you think, you know, Gakpo has clearly come in with the, the kind of next Firmino type role in mind. Salah, we know, and we've spoken about already. And then obviously Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota, you kind of know where they're going to fit in, not just in this system, but but just in generally. I think there's there's still a little bit of a question mark over over Nunes in terms of, of where he kind of fits into this. And maybe it clicks and, and maybe this is the, the system to get the best out of him. And, you know, again, it's, it's still early days and he's had a decent season, certainly a lot better season than a lot of people might give him credit for from the outside. I think to, to come in and score, you know, 15 or so goals is, is certainly a lot better than, what a, a number of players have, have done in the past. They've gone on to do great things for Liverpool. So those are kind of the, the two things, really. One of one of them is a system thing. The other thing is, is just more of a, a general concern. But I think generally speaking, I've seen enough to make me think that we will see this system, certainly a lot of times, if not all the time, until the end of the season. And then pre-season, I think, will give us a big hint. If if we start seeing it in pre-season, I think it's it's time then to, to think of it as a longer-term thing for Liverpool going into next season. And just to finish, you mentioned before in terms of um, sort of Arsenal and City having done this. I've seen a few people kind of take that as as a negative of kind of our you know why why are Liverpool copying what they're doing? But I don't see it that way. I see it the other way actually. I think it, it's a, a way that clearly works. It clearly gives you a level of control, and ultimately the player who is most affected, you know, at, at Arsenal is is Zinchenko. Um, at City, we've seen you know Cancelo do that. We've seen you know players um, move into to different roles from from their back four and, and change things up in that way. You know, 
ultimately Trent Alexander-Arnold is is the best of, of all these players. He's he's certainly a better footballer than John Stones. He's certainly a better passer. You know, if if Liverpool have got Trent doing it, they've got potentially the best in the business doing that role. And if the rest of it can kind of fall into place and you know, the the other worries that I've got can be alleviated, then yeah, I think Liverpool could be onto a winner. They can make a great point there about how Trent can almost have a higher ceiling in this position than some of the other players. Um, and you wouldn't want to see Klopp sort of not pursue the system just out of almost professional pride in terms of two of his managerial rivals, masterminding it, you know, go with what works, go with whatever's going to get the best results for your team and certainly seeing good results from this one. And, and on the Nunes point, um, one area where he might be well served if he can force his way into the team is that if we see an uptick in Trent's creative numbers, does that then mean he has a more, more of a supply? Does he feel the full benefits of playing alongside Liverpool's best playmaker? Potentially, we've seen an assist already for Nunez against Leeds from that kind of central area, which is a bit of an exciting glimpse. And, and finally, the preseason point, I think, is a good one too, because that is, like you say, going to be the tell. And crucially, while Klopp has had three midweeks since Liverpool went out the Champions League to hone the system, he hasn't necessarily been able to work on it for the kind of sustained period that you'd get in a pre-season where managers really do their best training work and their best system work. So the version that we're seeing now is only an introductory point and there's going to be players potentially brought in to fit the system. We've mentioned a few of them on this podcast and also players who are much more used to, to what's expected of them on the back of pre-season too. But that is going to wrap us up for this podcast and this space. Thanks to all of, all of those who joined us on Twitter and we'll be back uh, next week for another episode but yeah enjoy the rest of your evening and take care you've been listening to the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo